So as we approach the halfway mark of the Big 12 basketball season, one of the big questions that people are asking about this league is, can all 10 Big 12 basketball teams make the NCAA tournament? And the short answer is no, at least as things stand right now. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is, of course, how you find us covering the entire Big 12 Conference. Thanks for being here as we uh, take you through another show. Appreciate you being on YouTube. Subscribe there. The podcast, rate, review. Thanks for being a part of what we do um, every single day and all week long with shows coming your way four times a week. You got to love that. So, uh Each team has seven Big 12 games in their back pocket. So, you know, we're almost at the halfway mark. And as we look at it right now, uh, there's no doubt this is the best basketball conference in America. It is not close. You literally can't make an argument for anybody else when you look at conference strength top to bottom than the Big 12. And the question is, can the Big 12 get all 10 teams in the NCAA tournament? And it's a fair question to ask. But as things stand right now, it's not going to happen unless teams like especially Texas Tech, West Virginia, and Oklahoma have got to start winning some more games. Now, Oklahoma's sitting there at 2-5 and five in conference play. They've lost a couple games in a row. They've got a little more time on their hands. But let's start with Texas Tech. Texas Tech is sitting there at 0-7 in Big 12 play. They lost on Saturday to Kansas State on the road. I, like, I understand that Texas Tech has been in a lot of games. I understand that Texas Tech has good players. I understand that Texas Tech, um, you know, played pretty well in the non-conference. But you're sitting here right now, and you're looking at this team, and you're saying, okay, great, you lost to Texas by two points. Uh, you lost a nail-biter to Kansas early in the season. You dropped a close one to TCU. But this is not horseshoes. You've got to start winning games if you're Texas Tech and if you're Mark Adams in this team. And it's just, it's not happening for them. They've obviously lost every Big 12 game they played this season. And yes, there's been a couple of close ones, but there's been blowouts too. You went to Iowa State and got crushed by 34 points. Now you look at what's coming up here for Texas Tech, and the schedule does soften. There's no doubt about that. You've got a West Virginia team coming to you uh, middle of the week. You've got the Big 12 SEC showdown later this week. They're going to LSU. And then you get back into it next week with some prime opportunities to pick up a couple of big-time top 25 victories, Iowa State, Baylor. And then you have four of five games after the Big 12 SEC challenge. Texas Tech has four of five games against teams currently ranked. Iowa State, Baylor, then at Oklahoma State, the only unranked team in that stretch, and then home to K-State, home to Texas. The beauty of the Big 12 of your Texas Tech is this. You can turn things around quickly, very, very quickly. You get a couple of really good wins, you're back in the conversation of making the NCAA tournament. But is there evidence right now that Texas Tech is capable of doing that? To me, there isn't. And if you look at the Big 12, at very worst... Like, I don't think that you can go 5-13 and 13 in conference play and make the NCAA tournament, even in the Big 12. At the very worst, if you're Texas Tech, or anybody, but sake of conversation, Texas Tech, you've got to go 6-12 and 12 in the league. All right, if they go 6-12 and 12 in the league, they would finish the Big 12 over the next, what, 11 games, 6-5. and five. 
So that would put them six and five. Would put them at uh, sixteen uh, overall. It put them at sixteen and fourteen, and let's say they beat LSU seventeen and fourteen. And then you got to probably win a game in the Big Twelve tournament, and you should be in. That's fair to say right now for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. But you can't say all ten teams can make the NCAA tournament if Texas Tech's going to go, you know, three and fifteen in Big Twelve play. Even if they lose all these close games, it's going to be a hard sell to the NCAA Tournament Committee, and it should be a hard sell to the NCAA Tournament Committee because at some point you got to win these games. Now, West Virginia, they're the other team right now at the bottom of the standings. They're 1-6 in the league. They had a good win over TCU last week. Uh, you like that, and TCU, how about them bouncing back against Kansas over the weekend? Uh, you like the win that they get over TCU. That's a top 15 win. And then they end up losing on Saturday to Texas. That was a missed opportunity, of course, at home in front of their crowd. And this is a team also that if you're West Virginia, you're saying, okay, we've got opportunities ahead of us right now. They go to Texas Tech this week, as we just noted. They take on a top 20 team in Auburn in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. They go to TCU, who they just beat, who's going to be ranked likely by then. They are right now. Then it's Oklahoma. And then three ranked games, Iowa State, Texas, Baylor in a row. Every opportunity for the Mountaineers to get this thing done, to get themselves back in the mix and uh, talk about playing in an NCAA tournament. And you know what? They've just got to get a handful of these wins under their belts. Now, they've also, like everybody in the Big 12, lost some close games. I think about the Oklahoma game on the road, losing that one by a point. Lose to Baylor by a few, right? You drop uh, the K-State game early in the season, the first Big 12 game of the year. That one went to OT, and they could have won that game. And who knows how each of those team seasons would have been different if West Virginia had won that game. We don't know, but, um, you know, it's interesting to have that conversation. So there's a lot of things that if you're still a Mountaineers fan holding out hope, you should be happy about. Not happy about, but at least optimistic about as you look forward to the rest of the season here. It's not over yet. And if you're the Mountaineers and you go 6-12 and in conference play and then, you know, you make a run to a Big 12 championship game, that's going to be worth a ton in the eyes of the um, committee come March. So everything is in front of every single one of these teams. Every single one of these teams as you look forward. Now, the other thing that matters, obviously, and the NCAA Tournament Committee looks a lot at this, is... Net rankings. Net rankings factors in your record, road wins, neutral site, home, quad one, quad two, quad three, quad four, right? Those are the things that go into this net rankings that plays a big role in who ends up making the NCAA tournament. Now, before I get to that, and I'm going to dive into that and what that means for the Big 12 and how it could play a role in the Big 12 potentially getting up to all 10 teams in the NCAA tournament. But before I do that, before I do that, it is, of course, NFL playoffs. And um, we have a great friend and sponsor of this program throughout the NFL playoffs, and that is our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. I was at the Chiefs game on Saturday. It was a great scene. A little nervous there when Mahomes went down, but how about Chad Henney, baby? You got to love Chad Henney. Uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs get it done. They're going to the AFC Championship game. But whether you're catching this while the divisional round is still underway or you're getting ready for the championship games, just know that my friends at DraftKings are offering you 
an outstanding opportunity. New customers bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use our promo code HCS for Heartland College Sports, and you get $5, $5 bets, and what do you get? $200 in free bets instantly, only at DraftKings with our code HCS. You can't beat it. And if you're not a new customer, that's all right. Stepped up same game parlays, divisional round and championship weekend. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So when you look at the net rankings right now of the Big 12 Conference, uh, it, it is unbelievable. The Big 12 is stacked. Nine of the 12 teams are inside the top 68. 68 teams make the NCAA tournament. Nine of 12, nine of 10, excuse me, are in the top 64. The only one who is not, when you look at net rankings, is Texas Tech at 72. Texas Tech um, has beaten the teams they're supposed to beat. They're 8-0 against quad four teams. They're 2-0 against quad three teams. But against quad one and quad two teams, the best teams in the country that they've played, they are a combined 0-9. So they're right now sitting at 72 in net rankings. But you go through the list. Oklahoma is at 57. Oklahoma State's at 43. West Virginia is at 30. Yes, you heard that right. West Virginia is at 30. They are 3-8 and eight in their quad one games. And then it gets stacked. After that, I mean, the top, look at this, the top six teams in the Big 12 are inside the top 17 in terms of net rankings. TCU is at 17. Kansas State's at 16. Baylor's at 14. Iowa State's at 10. Texas at 9. Kansas at 8. It's unbelievable. Six of the top 17 teams in net rankings in college basketball are in the Big 12. If that was the SEC, I'm pretty sure ESPN would shut down for a day, call it a uh, you know company holiday, and just go wall-to-wall for 24 hours straight and how amazing SEC basketball is. That's what they would do at ESPN. I, <laughs> you know it and I know it. They would absolutely do that. So uh, we're going to brag about it here because everybody knows this is the best conference in America. But man, oh man, when you look at actually what this league has accomplished and how good it is and what it brings to the table in terms of uh, college basketball, it's, it's, there's nobody who's close. Absolutely nobody is close to this league. When you talk about college basketball, it's depth, and every single night is a dogfight. And, you know, it's cliche, but it's so true. And because you have the double round robins, that makes it just that much more fun. And you look to this week ahead, you got a big Monday game. Kansas-Baylor in Waco, big Monday coming up. That's going to be outstanding. Like every single game you look at in this conference, it's like, dang, this is going to be a good matchup. There's a lot in the line in that game. You got uh, Farmageddon on Tuesday. Kansas State taking on uh, Iowa State on Tuesday night. What more can you ask for? I mean, this is just unbelievable. That game, of course, is going to be in Ames, and that's going to be an outstanding, outstanding matchup. And how about a slow clap for ESPN, not putting that one on ESPN+. Plus. Surprised they didn't do that. But they uh, they had the courtesy to put it on ESPNU. How nice of them, right? <laughs> uh, say that one tongue-in-cheek. But, um, yeah, I- I'm looking forward, and we'll do a special show later this week on the Big 12 SEC Challenge as well. So be sure to keep an eye on that uh, because that is coming up on Saturday. You're going to have 10 
games, of course. Uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge is going to be absolutely outstanding. So um, some of you have asked this on Facebook Live. I will address it right now. Kendall Bryles getting hired by TCU. Here was the question. Uh, Pete, did TCU make the right hire in Kendall Bryles? Here's how I look at this, right? It's easy to be outraged by Kendall Bryles being hired by TCU. And if you're a TCU fan and you are outraged by it, I understand. You know, and this is what makes this, I think, extra intriguing is not only, of course, was Kendall Bryles on the staff under his father when the whole, you know, uh, assault scandal unfolded. But, of course, TCU and Baylor are rivals. They are their biggest respective rivals. So you have this complete meltdown under Art Bryles, which Kendall Bryles was on the staff, at your rival. And a few years later, you've got TCU hiring Kendall Bryles from Arkansas to be the offensive coordinator. Here's what this tells me. Here's what I learned from this. College sports is pro sports, and it's happening more and more every day. We all like to think about college athletics through the prism of what it was even a generation ago. I mean, I'm a millennial. I'm not that old. I'm not saying this as, as an old guy here. But we like to look at college sports through the prism of the purity of the rivalries and the fan bases and the geographic nature of you know what this sport used to be. Obviously, that's irrelevant now. And for those of us who long for that, and I admit that I do to a degree, for those of us who long for that, we can't fathom the idea of TCU hiring a former Baylor assistant who was, you know, part of what went down there in Waco. But then if you look at it as a business decision and a decision that Sonny Dykes thinks can win him more games, and obviously he just got to a national championship game, so the pressure's high, then it makes more sense to me. And I'm one of these guys where I'm willing to give Sonny Dykes the benefit of the doubt. Sonny Dykes, from everything we know about this guy and everybody I've spoken to, is a good family man and just a good man in general and the kind of man that you want to lead your program. Not just football coach, but the kind of man that you want to lead your football program. And Sonny Dykes has money to spend. TCU is not cheap. TCU will pay for the right coach. Kendall Bryles just signed an extension in Arkansas for 1.3 mil, so who knows what kind of a raise he got to go to TCU. But with the amount of money that Sonny Dykes was able to likely spend on this position, he didn't have to go out there and hire Kendall Bryles. He would have had his pick of the litter when it comes to certain players who or coaches, who he wanted on his staff. He would not have been longing for an OC, an offensive coordinator, based on the fact that he was paying clearly at least $1.5 million for the job, and he just got this team to a national championship, and he's got an enormous amount of talent coming back and coming into the program. So this notion that Sonny Dykes doesn't know what he's doing, did the wrong thing, um, has no sympathy for what happened in Waco, I, I don't buy it. I don't. And I'm willing to believe that TCU, along with Sonny Dykes, have done their homework on this guy, 
understand what his background is, just like Arkansas probably did before he got that job, and feel comfortable with the hire. Now, if you want to knock the way TCU rolled out the hire and say, well, you know, they put up the picture of the family and, uh, you know, they dumped it on a Friday and into the weekend, Friday news dump, the whole thing, maybe whatever. I'm, I'm not really as interested in that right now. I'm interested in what does Kendall Bryles do for the offense? Why was Sonny Dyke so comfortable making that hire? And at some point, he's going to have a press conference where he talks about that, I imagine. So I'm going to wait to hear what he says. I'm going to wait to see what comes out of Sonny Dykes' mouth regarding the hire. I'm not going to jump on this Twitter outrage bandwagon and, and you know, oh, my good, how could you possibly hire this guy? This is ridiculous. Oh, my goodness, look at his last name. He's gotten several jobs since then. They've likely done their homework. And Sonny Dykes knows that he's hiring a He understands what he just hired. He hired a guy who was part of a staff that melted down under a, you know, assault scandal at his rival school. Sonny Dykes is not a dumb guy. Oh, whoa, I didn't realize I did that. Like, he understands what he did and who he hired. He's not naive. He's not burying his head in the sand. And I, I, I am going to trust that TCU has the pulse and the understanding of what it did and was more than comfortable enough to make the hire. Because if they didn't hire Kendall Bryles, there would have been a 200 guys around college football that would have taken that job and begged for that job. Under Sonny Dykes, an offensive mind, and a team that just made a national championship that's probably paying at least a million and a half dollars for the position. That's where I'm at on this. I just can't join the Twitter outrage mob right now. Now something else comes out. Of course, new facts come out. I will... Uh, I will stand corrected or I will correct myself and we'll see how it plays out. But right now, uh, that's where I'm at. Pete Mundo on heartlandcollegesports.com. It's great to be here on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. And hey, if you've gotten, if you're still with us on YouTube or on Facebook Live, it's Big 12 SEC Challenge Week. Look what I've got. Look at this. For those of you on the podcast, it is a Paul Clownbaum t-shirt. It's Paul Feinbaum with a big clown nose on his face. I had these made years ago for heartlandcollegesports.com, and then ESPN came after me. I've got one more. It's a men's large. All you have to do to get this is leave a rating, review, subscribe to the podcast, or send me a screenshot, and then send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and uh, we will draw our winner for that. Paul Clownbomb t-shirt later this week in honor of Big 12 SEC Challenge Week. And Paul Feinbaum probably doesn't even know college basketball is like happening right now, but we do because we cover all the sports here on the show. So thank you guys for being here. Appreciate all you do. And uh, YouTube, Facebook, subscribe. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.